This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Inside the electric factory, it's Euler and Motes having some fun as we always do on a Thursday. And one thing that we always look forward to on this penultimate day of the week. You see what I did there? Ooh, I like when you do that. Is our conversation with our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo. He of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette fame covers the Steelers there. He's been part of uh, this thing we do here called the Steelers Blitz uh, since just about the inception. Our buddy Brian Backo. What's up, partner? I'm just, uh, yeah, happy to be a guy who was in on the blitz on the ground floor pretty much. So uh, bigger and better things to come. Yeah, it's like you got on the ground floor of Amazon pretty no much. No new friends. Right? No new friends. Now, don't try and short us here, Mr. Backo, okay? I will not uh, I will not squeeze the short on the Steelers blitz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddy, here's what I wanted to get into with you to start. Uh, you wrote a very interesting piece. I mean, every Every article that you write is very interesting, obviously. Interesting and very much compelling as well. Um, but you wrote yeah, about yeah. Steelers' recent uh, mid-round draft picks, right, and kind of uh, time running out for opportunity for some of these guys, you know, guys like Benny Snell, Chooks for Jalen Samuels, Justin Lane. Backo, I think so often, and, and we all do this, you know, we get caught up in the minutia of, okay, what, what are they going to do with the first-round pick? What's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger? Are they going to make any big moves in free agency? But – I think you could certainly argue that the development of, of, of those mid-round guys, right, is is just as big of a thing to monitor as it relates to, to potential Steelers' success this season. Yeah, and I think what you have to question is, you know, wh- why exactly are these guys not contributing maybe as much or as early as people expected? Is it the development or lack thereof? Was it, you know, missed evaluations which you know it happens all the time but it happens less to the teams who are uh doing well for the most part because you you get those players who uh are able to make contributions on their rookie contracts you can afford to part uh with some of the older high-priced guys and i feel like that is kind of what we're seeing right now the the reason that this free agency cycle for the steelers seems so fraught with peril and you've got all these questions about well, if this guy goes, then what do we do? And how are we going to afford this guy and this guy? To me, it's because there, there hasn't been as many of those uh, home run hit, uh, hits on uh, the, the mid-round draft picks in recent years. Now, what do you think is going to be the best way to go about fixing that? Now, we've seen, you know, the, just in our, our scouting department, right, the guys that are talked about at a high level, your Brandon Hunts and things like that. But what do you think is going to be, you know, the big fix to get better in that part of the draft? Because it's a huge part of the draft. I mean, that's where the majority of your picks are at anyways. Yeah, maybe part of it, uh, most is just having a little bit more of an identity on offense. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, for the longest time, the identity was, you know, Ben's going to sling the ball around. And, you know, that, that was kind of what this attack became in his later years as he, be, you know, blossomed into one of the more prolific QBs in the league but you know as we've seen uh, not just the, the tail end of last season but uh, I think even going back to his previous uh, healthy campaign uh, they, they put up a lot of numbers but they didn't necessarily win uh, the, the big games that they mm-hmm. needed to so maybe with Matt Canada coming in here as the offensive coordinator assuming they really are going to sort of hitch their wagon to him and, and his ideas on that side of the ball uh, you can kind of transition from that uh you know, pass happy kind of unbalanced offense. And perhaps that allows you to find guys who are better fits for you 
when you get into those pivotal third, fourth, fifth round picks. Absolutely. Well, then sticking with that, buddy, as it relates to this season, right, how do you kind of strike the balance? You know, you, you mentioned the identity of the Steelers' offense. How do you strike the balance of what you're trying to accomplish this year, right, and, and what we all think in, in likelihood is going to be the last year of Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. under center for the Pittsburgh Steelers versus what you're trying to lay the groundwork for in the long term? And in your mind, how does that relate to, like, free agency versus the draft, right? So are, are you trying to get a bunch of young guys in there, but does that – does that hurt the chances this year? Um, is it ideally a, a balance of free agents and young guys? You know, Moats and I were, were kicking around, um, you know, discussing some of the free agent running back names that were out there. A uh, guy like Kyle Rudolph, who was just released by the, by the Vikings available at tight end. When you're trying to forge that new identity of the offense with a new offensive coordinator in what is all likely the last year of a, a Hall of Fame quarterback era, how do you kind of come down there? Ideally, right, it's it's a blend of both, but would you prioritize more free agency or, or just doing this all through the draft? Yeah, it's hard, man. I mean, it, I think you, you do need to prioritize the draft more because, at least to me on paper, I mean, that that's how the best teams are, are built. Now, you could argue that Bucks uh, certainly made some some splashy moves to get over the hump, but especially at quarterback. But uh, a lot of those guys were still homegrown, and we know that that's how the Steelers have always wanted to and have preferred to do it. They're never major players in the free agent market, but in terms of you know sort of being at this fork in the road, uh, to me, you you do have to pick a lane, and I think the lane they're in is trying to build the best team around Ben that you can that so that he can still be that guy who wins you another Super Bowl. And, you know, it's up for debate whether he's capable of it, but I don't think you want to have one foot in that door and one foot in the door to the future where you're maybe considering drafting a quarterback high this year or, or doing anything like that. To me, uh, you, you've kind of got to stick to, to your objective here. And, uh, hey, there's something to be said for being flexible. Mike Tomlin always says, got to have a hardcore plan, but plan but be light on your feet. Uh, to me, though, they, they have to build that plan right now around Ben when it comes to this upcoming draft and get guys who can help from day one. Now, sticking with that concept, though, how do they do that without being handcuffed? Because we know they have – you know, very pressing needs across the offensive line. Obviously, we talked about it. Running back, you could even make a case for linebacker as well. Hmm. But when we know what this team needs in terms of identity, in terms of trying to fix it, how do you go about doing that, focusing solely on the draft, when we know they're not going to be enough good players falling to us in the draft to fully address these needs? Yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, playing a card game where you have an objective and, you know, you, you get the cards in your hand and you're pretty set uh, from there on what suits you need to go after and things like that. But you also need to be flexible. Right. And if, if, that, if people are discarding something that can help you out, you know, maybe you grab that. You know what I mean? So uh, it is it's a difficult spot that they're in. And I think they know that. I think they've acknowledged that really since the end of the season, like to me, the, the public uh, comments made by uh, Art Rooney and, and Kevin Colbert haven't been all that glowingly optimistic, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. They, they always do try to uh, try to win the Super Bowl and, and rarely go into the full rebuilding mode, but they had to do it 17 years ago when they got Ben. And uh, I think that's what we'll maybe see in the draft a year from now, but for now, 
Uh, you you got to try to do what you did last year and get a guy like Chase Claypool who can step right in right away and boost your offense. Even a Kevin Dotson, who while he wasn't a full-time starter, he was a plug-and-play offensive lineman pretty much in the fourth round. So it's it's easier said than done finding those guys. But to go back to what we started this conversation with, whatever you were looking at, whatever you were using to evaluate the last two or three years, uh, perhaps you need to take a step back and, and rethink that because some of those picks uh, are, are looking like they maybe I don't want to say wasted because it's too early for that, but uh, they haven't really I don't think turned into what the Steelers expected at least not yet. So just gut reaction right now, if I had to ask you, do you think they find those players in the draft this year? They're able to find a Kevin Dotson type, a Chase Claypool type. Do you think that could happen right in terms of this year for the Steelers? Yes or no? What would you say? No, I just I don't think it's it's that realistic to really predict that. For any team, and when you're picking 24th, there's going to be a lot more variance. I mean, it's you know, certainly a, a credit to them that they were picking 49th last year uh, before any, you know, before they had a chance, and uh, they found someone in Chase Claypool who looks like a gem. But uh, it, it's it's going to be difficult, and, and we'll see if this draft is uh, as deep as the the gurus are saying. I mean, it's supposedly really good at O line and especially offensive tackle. I I, I think feel like it's they say this really all the time, draft. right? They say this all the time. This is a deep draft. This is the draft right here. Yes, this is like the draft of all drafts. In the NCAA tournament. <laughs> it's a weak bubble every year. Um, but yeah, so uh, well, I, I think the positions where there are some strengths in this draft maybe play into the Steelers uh, when you look at O line and uh, certainly those top two or three guys at running back. And you know, every year now receivers are coming in pretty much ready to help you uh, in the Steelers, as we all kind of suspect are going to be losing their number one receiver, if you want to call Juju that. So perhaps that does play into their hand a little bit, but it's never easy to hit on third-round picks, uh, especially in year one. He's our number one guest here on the Steelers Blitz. It's Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette no with us here friends. on no SNR. I just get a lot of targets. I'm just, I'm just a target hog. Really. Okay. It's not, uh, you know what? Can, can, not production as much as quantity. Can we, you know what? Can we do this? Because we've been very – I'm proud of us. I mean, 10 minutes into this segment here, and we have been very X's and O's. We have been We very, have, right? So I was going to kind of shoehorn this in at the end, but you know what? Nobody puts baby in the corner. Nobody puts, there it is. Nobody puts the fun topics into the corner. There All right, it is. Fellas, here's really – Wes, have you ever actually used the shoehorn? Uh, no, but I did work at Foot Locker for like three years, and we had shoehorns, but I never used one. My grandpa used to use one oh, all the time. Oh, mine did God too, for I'm sure. I'm going to say same here. Yeah. For yep. sure, same for sure. Um, all right, fellas, before we get back into some of the serious Steelers conversation, here's the question that I really need to know from you two guys, all right? The, the news that was going around this week, you know, the old newspaper article that was unearthed about how Terry Bradshaw uh -huh. in, the, in the 80s, right, when he got his elbow surgery, he used the alias Thomas Brady when he got his surgery, right, down there in, in Shreveport. Terry Bradshaw, Thomas Brady, and how funny that is now. Both were number 12. So I ask you both, and you know what, Bacco, Mozi already might have an answer to this because he's big time. If you guys had to use an alias for, like, a surgery or to check into a hotel All room, right. if you were too famous to use your own name, what is the name that you would use? But if I were to give you this name right now and you go search this name, then <laughs> there right. could be an issue. See, this is maybe more <laughs> fun for back going yeah. <laughs> You're going to discover Moats' whole second life. I was going to say, that's it. Hey. <laughs> Mr. Backo, you got you got a good alias for us? Off the top of my head, it's hard. I feel like they're usually 
stuff like that. Like you, they're at least somewhat close to your original name, Terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady. Although Mike Vick was Ron Mexico, right? So Correct. That's pretty, uh, pretty Correct. different. I'm gonna uh, go with uh, Allen Iverson was Bubba Chuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a cultural reference here, and I'm gonna go with Randall Stevens, which is the name mm. that. Uh, Andy Dufresne used yep. to get away in the Shawshank Redemption. That's I was when just, he set up all of his fake just, bank accounts in the name of Randall Stevens. Becco, like Becco, I just made a, a Randall Stevens reference on 970 ESPN on Monday. I mean, I tell you what. I, I would probably go by the by the name Heisenberg. Oh, Heis, oh like Heisenberg it. Jackson. Yep. Um, I, I, yeah, I was thinking, this was another one that I was thinking about this morning, kind of trying to go close. If I'm going completely off the radar for a pop culture reference, I'd like okay. to see if either two of you pick up on this one. Here we go. Here we go. Alexander Supertramp. <sighs> I'm not familiar with this. I'm lost. From the, uh, the book and movie Into the Wild. You guys know what I'm talking about with Emil Hirsch. I, I know something I didn't see it. Yeah, though. that's his, when he runs away into the okay. wild, he changes his name to Alexander Supertramp. That's like That's his alias. You gotta have an alias though, right? You got I, to. If we're going something though that's kind of similar, I thought maybe like, it's hard for me because there's not many you last names. Yeah. But what about like William Wallace? You know, Braveheart? Uh, uh, did you just say like Braveheart? Uh, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Why are you going to disrespect me and Batgo like that? You, you, have you heard of I William did. Wallace? Have you heard of this Bill Gates guy? I, I don't know if you heard of him. You know, he's kind of smart, got a lot of money. You heard of Bill Gates? Like, stop it, man. Well, I should take some grief because I actually have seen Into the Wild, but I did not remember uh, that that moniker. Although, I didn't love that movie. It was a little just yeah. too much, like, cast away for me. I need more. Like, I just watched Nomadland, which apparently is, like, the favorite for the, all the Oscar stuff, I really did not enjoy that one whatsoever. Ooh, that, now that's Sag Backo checking in here. He, 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 the, he, he checked his mailbox. He, 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 he paid his dues on time. He got the screener DVD. The DVDs just pulled up. on Hulu. <laughs> Couple more questions here with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, let's do our weekly Ben Roethlisberger heat check. Got to do that, right? All right. I think last week, Mr. Backo, if I'm not mistaken, I think you said you'd say about 70%. I believe that was the number, about 70% chance. That was after Mr. Rooney has spoke, yes. That, that he is back. So how are we feeling uh, today? You're standing behind the three-point line like Steph Curry pulling up here. What's your heat check on Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm like 96% that he's going to come <laughs> back. I mean, I, I don't think that there's going to be any sort of 11th hour disagreement or you know just complete uh collapse in in these contract talks it's just not not the vibe that i've gotten at all from uh art rooney's you know written and verbal statements uh since the end of the season kevin colbert he threw us a little red red herring he threw <laughs> us off the scent a little bit everybody was running with that but uh no i think uh i, I think i'm like 96 percent sure ben's gonna be the guy next year 96 percent. all right so in order for that to happen, <laughs> who's getting cut? Cool. That is that's a tough one because um, it, it cause and effect. We know Ben coming back means we're gonna have somebody at least one or two, you know, falling on the short end of that yeah. bleed. Yeah, I mean, who who was it a year ago? It was Mark Barron got mm -hmm. the axe, which was a little bit surprising, I think. Um, I mean, names, you know, that have been names that have been floated out thus far have been what Vince and I think Joe Hayden were the two that and Steve Nelson, yeah. Eric Ebron. I think that I think tight end positions way too thin to move on from Ebron. I mean, I know Kyle Rudolph is uh, is about to hit free agency. Well, we talked about to, he, he was a lot a more. Bucks. 
it was he was a lot more consistent from a catching standpoint. Now, obviously, Ebron gives you more from a run after, but the catching like percentages and stuff like that, yeah, it, it was heavily favoring Cal Rudolph from that standpoint. Plus, he's Mason's brother, so that would be a nice little family Ooh. connection, you know. Going wait a forward. minute now. You know, I'm we just like family. I know, but it sounds good though. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, well, maybe we shouldn't have two Rudolphs in the same town. Here, though, is uh, a name that I don't know if it's going to gain a lot of steam from Steelers fans because this guy was a pretty good signing just a couple years ago. But Steve Nelson, um, Hmm. you know, I I think there might be a question of who do you believe in more to play at a high level next year, him or Joe Hayden. I know Steve Nelson's younger. I know he's been a good fit here, but – I feel like I still believe in Money Joe a little bit more if I have to hitch my wagon to one or the other. Mm. Mm. Now that would be a very tough decision to make. That would. Yeah, no, there's I mean, hey, it's 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 going to be that it's that time of the year in general, but particularly in a salary cap crunch year. Like, I don't know, Brian, do you agree with this? Do you think there's a real chance that we could see a lot of guys look at the market differently this year, right? Instead of wanting um, to sign a longer-term deal where a lot of teams are going to be strapped to the cap and concerned about uh, the dollar amounts, do you think we see a lot more one-year deals uh, than usual this time around with guys who just kind of, all right, well, let's buy my time for one more year, let's put another good year of resume on tape, and then I can cash in when we you know, start to get this thing back to normal? Yes, I do think you'll see that, and it, it makes a lot of sense, but also that was predicted by, I think it was Chase Edmonds, Arizona running back, he tweeted something to that effect last month and I I tend to believe uh you know the the players who have some sort of inklings on on that sort of thing and also the other name I'll just throw it out there I I don't think the Steelers would cut this guy because of just the amount of clout he has in the organization but if it were me and it's just funny money I I might say goodbye to David DeCastro I mean according to over the cap save almost nine million to do that um when you look at where you can get interior linemen in this day and age, uh, that that's a tough call that I would maybe make if it were me. Ooh. Now, I have seen similar things as well, but that, that would be very yeah. gutsy because about tough calls. Not, not only would you be having to replace your starting you know, center in terms of Marquise Pouncey, more than likely your starting left tackle in terms of Alva and Nueva, but then you add starting right guard as well, and more than likely you're starting left guard because that was Matt Filer. So depending on how that whole situation plays out from a contract standpoint – that's whoo that would be a lot yeah it'd be a completely rebuilt line mm-hmm. i don't know how ben would feel about that and potentially his last year but you already have a new o-line coach uh granted he was here true. for a couple years but uh yeah, it's just food for thought when you consider uh you know you've got some draft picks to use and maybe that's where you use one of your your first second or third picks uh on the line and we all think zach banner's coming back and I didn't think Chukso Korafor was bad last year in his first full try as a starter. Could he move to left tackle? That's another issue that remains to be seen. Mr. Backo, great stuff as always, buddy. We really appreciate your time. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette has been our guest here on the Steelers Blitz. Read his work there. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. He does not do cap. He has not changed his number since the seventh grade. Great stuff as always, buddy. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm going to see if I can find a shoehorn. We're not shoehorning that guy in anywhere. Brian Backo. Good stuff from him. Mozi. I hadn't thought about that, but it could be, there could be a Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden conversation Mm -hmm. going on right now. Absolutely.
That's a tough one. Nelson's the younger guy. Yeah. Joe is the, I think, uh, has had the better body of work, the better career guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, though. That's, yeah. It's a lot to ponder. It, it, it really is. And you know what? Like, this is going to happen soon. Yes, within the next week. We're sitting at March 4th. Because year starts on the 15th. Because, and, and teams, I, I believe, right, teams have to be salary cap compliant by, by the, the new year. Yes, correct. So all this stuff has yes. to happen before. I think a lot of people think like, oh, we'll see this happen on the 15th. No, or right. no, no, like, no. The cuts are going to happen before that time yes, period. Yes, very correct. As the 15th in, like, and on is when you're going to see guys start to sign. No, no, no. You're going to see guys already agreeing in principle well, right, right. three days prior to that, around the 13th. You're yes. going to start seeing that. So they're going to have their money in compliance typically around that time because you can't negotiate and tell this guy, hey, I have thirty million for you when I technically don't have the thirty million for you. <laughs> like it's just yeah. You say like, well, well, how are you gonna do that? You know, so you gonna run a pyramid scheme on? Yeah, right, right, right. What's going on here? Who was the uh, the like the Mets owner that was involved? Uh, Fred Wilpon? Uh, was that? Was yeah. that? Madoff. I think it was Madoff. I think it was Madoff. Yeah, Madoff sounds Fred Wilpon's the guy who just sold the Mets. Correct. Yeah, correct. yeah, yeah. Madoff. Yeah, the, the whole pyramid scheme thing. That's what we're gonna get going here. Yeah, it's. I tell you what, Motsi, I have a feeling, you know, by the time you and I come in here next week on Tuesday to, mm-hmm. to do our next episode here of the Steelers Blitz, I've got a feeling we could have some movement already in the, in those regards to the Steelers. I agree 100%, man. Because it, it has to happen that way, like Motsi said, before the new league year. And mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, some of the capologists and some of the people who are really, um, you know, dialed into these types of things, man, there are – at least half, if not more, of the yep. teams in the NFL that are way, way over the set. I mean, mm-hmm. Motsi, the Saints are like almost $70 million over l- l- the cap. Listen, what, what did they say is it going to be next week? It could be a massacre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's you know, and you know We're going to talk about that a little bit whenever whenever we like, get back here. Diana Russini of ESPN, she was texting with a coach in the NFL who said that it will be a massacre next week. I, it, it's, I think it's going to be in- – because we haven't really seen anything like this mm. before. Um, here's here's the list, okay, of teams in the National Football League who are currently under, or sorry, over the salary cap. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different teams. The Bills, but not by much though. They're only over by two hundred thousand dollars. So they're they're, yeah, they're good. good. They're still good. Vikings, Bears, Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Chiefs, Rams, Falcons, Eagles, Saints. Oh, to be the Falcons and Eagles at the bottom of that barrel. And not have wow. any success last year, not have any wow. real prospects going forward, yet you're still in that cap purgatory. Man, they really wanted to get rid of Carson Wentz down there. I wonder what's causing that money, those money issues in Atlanta. Huh. What could what could be doing that? Oh, actually. No, because Gurley didn't get paid crazy. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Matt Ryan's not making crazy money. Julio, Julio was three, four years ago. He they, signed they his didn't extension. pay Freeman. They didn't pay Devontae Freedom. Uh, Freeman. Oh my goodness. Who? I don't know. That's weird. But, you know, it could have been some of these old linemen. I know they brought That's in uh, Jamon true. Brown. They paid him true. nicely and then cut him after a year. Um, Brooks Reed, but he's still – I think his money, his money's got to be off the books by now. But he was another one of those guys where they had brought him in, signed him to a nice deal. He played one year and they cut him. You know who's got a lot of uh, cap space, Motsi? The Indianapolis Colts. The Miami Dolphins have a lot. The Bengals and the Browns have a lot. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously, you and I have discussed this yes. before. They just need to hand Trent uh, Trent Williams a blank check and say, Basically. "Here you go, come protect, come protect Trevor Lawrence for the next four or save five years." Save Trevor, please. Please save Trevor. Yeah, but there you go. Looking around the division, uh, Steelers 
are in the negative. They've got to clear space. Ravens have some room. Browns have some room. Bengals obviously have a bunch of room. Uh, But it is going to be a very interesting week next week, to say the least, in terms of cap casualties around the National Football League. Uh, Arthur uh, Arthur Motes and I will jump into that more in depth when we come back here. Uh, Diana Rossini was the one who tweeted about how an NFL head coach is telling her it's going to be a massacre around the league next week. What could that mean for guys like Joe Hayden or Steven Nelson? What does that mean for a guy maybe like Vince Williams? And how do you weigh all that risk-reward as it relates to Ben Roethlisberger and the contract that he is going to demand? We will discuss all of that and get to your tweets when we come back on the other side. He is Arthur Motes. I am Wesley Euler. At Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Last chance to get in your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. We will get to your tweets. We will get more in depth with some of these potential cap casualties coming right around the corner on the other side. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs> 